Uh, well, I was, uh, I, w- I, was, uh, I was in a uh, waiting for an appointment this morning, and my, uh, someone in the room uh, was reading an Us magazine, uh, you know, Us Weekly, which I think ironically uh, is a magazine read by people who are not us. So maybe, but then it's also, it's about celebrities, and they don't write it, so presumably it's not them who are saying us. So is it the reporters? It's about us? Like, it's a very, very fraught uh, mm-hmm. title, if you think about it. Anyhow, um, it was a v- recent one. As I, I'd forgotten that magazines do this, but apparently in the magazine industry, they have time machines because you always are reading a magazine from next week, uh, which I think is a, they should, you know, if you have a time machine, I, I would I, not I suggest think... the margins of print publication. There's other businesses yeah, I, you I, can get into. I, I... I, I don't think uh, it's a time machine as much as the expiration date for when anybody cares about that stuff. Mm. I see. So it's a it's a uh, best if used by. Uh, yes. Sort of si- yes. Oh. Okay. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> there was a uh, there was there was a, a, a chart and and a chart of I think maybe a uh, Hagen Dazs or Dan and yogurt thing that had like. 10 layers of, of yogurt and I was thinking like man even even in dessert lands there's platforms and you got to describe the various layers that are involved I should have taken a picture but mm. uh, then we were called I was called to my appointment but it's kind of like the the old uh, the the seven the seven layer uh, OSI model versus the seven layer burrito oh, I ate so many <laughs> seven layer burritos in my uh, my my teens wow those uh, are delicious so what you know I think I even wrote a few essays about Taco Bell and uh, things like that. I should I should go find those at some point. <laughs> Lots of strange essays, but that 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 uh, is tangentially related to something. There were a couple of things I was thinking we could talk about at first here, but then uh, as always, that changed a few seconds before this. So I picked up my son from his school. Now uh, I make my son's lunch every day, so I'm uh, you know because I follow a, a fast feedback loop process in uh, my life. I'm trying I'm trying to live lean, if not by by mass by mentality. Uh, and, um, and I always like to see what he ate for lunch today. He did not eat any of his sandwich. And I said, Oh, you didn't eat your sandwich. And he said, Oh, at least I ate one bite. And then he ran off to whatever after school nonsense <laughs> he's up to today. There and, and I had planned, uh, when I came in here to get a couple of slices of the, uh, the yet to be opened, uh, ham, you know, pre-sliced, pre-packaged at the old HEB there. But then I saw his sandwich that I had made sitting there. And and as I look over at his empty lunchbox now, that sandwich is no more because I have eaten it, which I think, I think is <laughs> is not wise. I mean, it's it has that fake bread that you know you buy in a big loaf, so I'm pretty sure it really doesn't have carbohydrates because it's kind of like the equivalent of eating air that's colored brown. Like, I probably should. I think it's all sandwich. carbohydrates, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it's white bread. is just you know aerated sugar, right? Matt Ray, Matt Ray. We, I'm sorry. We are bleeding heart liberals. We only buy wheat bread, or at least uh, bread that is brown, not white. Good, I'm not really sure about you. the health of it. I don't know if they just put food dye in there, but boy, it makes me feel good uh, to eat that. But still, so this is what I wanted to ask you. Now, we have discussed the phenomena of children who do not eat all of their breakfast taco, but what is y'all's position on eating uh, after your kids? What, what, do you, what, do you, what are your struggles, your thoughts? Does this even, does this just not come up? Sort of like, you know, don't. flushing toilets on Mars, not an issue at the moment. Well, like, how do you deal with okay. it? Don't do it, Kote. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Kid, kids are, are, are a cesspool. Uh, well, I'll just go. I was going to say, I go the other way. It's like, I have no problem. I finish the uh, the pizza because it's usually the kids have something I want to eat, but I'm trying not to eat. So, uh, yeah. so I feel no. uh, I feel like, yeah, like that last pizza pizza, I better go ahead and eat that, you know, uh, for them. So I, mean, I, I, I mean, have no problem. You're going to take up so much space in the fridge by putting that pizza box in there with that one piece Ex- of pizza. Yep. Come on. Exactly. Yes. No, I, exactly. I, I I agree with you know finishing something if you're out to eat or you know uh, you order something in, but uh, that 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 sandwich it went to school. A bite was taken. It's been around the playground a few times. <laughs> yeah. It came back. Who knows? Yeah. 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 Chain of custody question marks there. You yes. have to uh, you have yeah. to really think about that. But Makote, question for you is how much input, if any at all, do you allow your children to have into their lunch? Like are they uh, are they, is this like an agile scrum kind of meeting, you know, kind of before lunch is made, or is it uh, more command and control like you will get this, you will enjoy it? Oh man, man, we are there's no fucking backlog on that lunch. I'll tell you that. <laughs> 
I I think I think the lunch production system is the prototypical uh, lone developer in their tower, and you just uh, you're lucky if you get some code and uh, no backtalk. Just uh, just no. take this. No like customer it. feedback. No, no feedback. I like it. That's cool. right. We we have established. I mean, I have feedback through guilt, right? Like. The, the sandwich today was a... Uh, <laughs> I what, think that's waterfall. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the sandwich today was salami, and he is consistently eating eating salami sandwiches. So I, I don't think... I think it's just an anomaly. Uh, uh, but uh, some I have learned that there are things he doesn't like, and I don't make them anymore. But well, I don't know. Keep, keep releasing, and in three months, you'll stop making salami. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, last item on that, I, I forget if I've talked about this, but uh, I, I, I successfully got him to like liverwurst. And uh, wow. his, uh, his mother, otherwise known as my wife, uh, like she, of course, is not interested in the existence of liverwurst. Uh, because she remembers, because I remind her every time what you told me so many years ago, Matt Ray, that liver is the pool filter of the body. So you're basically eating a pool filter. Um, and in this case, you're eating mini pool filters, which have been ground up and compressed into a log of meat. Uh, but anyways, I got him to like that. And so every now and then we're at the grocery store and he'll say, Daddy, can we eat the secret meat while we're here? Because, you know, he's not supposed to tell anyone we're eating pool. <laughs> and that's the reaction my wife gives me. That sound. <laughs> Well, uh, I think this week, maybe not as busy as last week, but there actually were a lot of news. Several cloud related things, maybe not concentrated uh, in Copenhagen, Copenhagen concentration. There was, there was Microsoft Build. Uh, I, just, I just recycled a, uh, a book that I got at the last Mix conference of theirs that I went to finally. Tragically, as I was cleaning out stuff, you had uh, there's some funding from, from Mesosphere, a big, uh, a big whopping funding, if you will. And then uh, also Red Hat had their Red Hat Summit going on. Lots of yeah. announcements there. All sorts of things to choose from. So uh, what, are y'all, what are y'all interested in? What do you want to go with first? Well, I think the Mesosphere thing was interesting mm. uh, just because they call – because I, I don't know. I think the thing that I th- called was two things. One, they got a new funding for, what, $125 million. Yep. And then – so that's quite a bit. When they added it all up, I think they're up to like almost $200 million, maybe more. But I thought it was interesting as far as like who they were positioning themselves. They named, you know, obviously, Kote, you probably follow it, like Pivotal. And then they named Red Hat. And I, I don't know. I thought it was interesting because I just – I hadn't really – I don't know why. I just hadn't really thought of them kind of like in that area. Like I kind of maybe associate them too much with Kubernetes. So this idea that you know the private cloud and clearly that's what they're trying to do. Um, I don't know if that's a change in positioning, but it sort of seemed more prominent this time. Well, I, I mean, everybody wants to be the platform, right? You want to be the platform that your customers define themselves by. And so, you know, you don't want to be just infrastructure. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, clearly uh, Red Hat, Pivotal, and, uh, and Mesosphere are all kind of going for that not cloud platform, right? So you're either, you know, all in on a public cloud or you've got some sort of, you know, private hybrid strategy. And you're probably not going to make, you know, there's there there there's kind of a winnowing of 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 options at least, or you know, a focus, if you will, um, to how you're going to do that. And I think, uh, yeah, it's got to be something. Yeah, <laughs> that's my corporate strategy. It's got to be something. Yeah. Well, that I think they said something like they had, uh, you know, as one of these classic quotes, like how to get data was. They said something like they had like 120 customers, 100. So it was, it was in that area of like, wow, this is like real big enterprise to like justify these valuations and all this money. Um, you know, cause they, you know, they say it's like 125, but they really mean it's like 126, right? Or something like that. So it's gotta be real close to that. So just the, the amount of money, they must have signed some just mammoth customers making like a big, um, commitment to it. And then I don't know, like, what's like, do, do we care about the marathon, this whole component? Like, does this matter now? Like, is it important? Like, it feels like it's all been displaced by Kubernetes. But then I'm always well, like, what do I not know here? Should I should I care more about this? Um, I mean, it's 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 a, uh, a scheduler that has a lot of investment in it historically, and so there's probably a lot of people who've tied themselves to that. 
and the back end, you know, whether it's Kubernetes or, or, you know, Swarm or, you know, whatever, isn't as important. So, I mean, Kubernetes isn't, you still have to put some sort of interface to how things get deployed into it. And, um, you know, that's what they have with Marathon. Um, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think it's, well, I, I'm not informed enough to say, but I will. Um, I don't think it's uh, that distinguishing a feature if, if, you know, but obviously there's a lot of investment in it by their customers because um, the combination of stateless and stateful things that Mesosphere can manage, that's what's a little different, right? The, the Kubernetes side, they're working on their, their stateful sets and, uh, you know, whatever they call them, pet sets, but I don't think they're as far along as, as Mesosphere. Okay. Well, I do always like, I always, you know, give these guys credit. I think they have the right vision, data, DCOS, data center of the future. But I, I don't know, every time I read about it, I'm always struggle to like really understand exactly. And this, this is back to like maybe making the mistake of like not seeing them against Red Hat and Pivotal, but um, I don't know. Just I just feel like maybe it's the messaging, maybe it's just like the inherent growth of the company, or maybe I just need to read more as to like what they're actually why why I really care about this and why it's so much better if it is better. Well, yeah, it, I it, think in, in some of the coverage it said it's used in production by more than 125 companies, which I didn't think about it until I'm looking at this now. Maybe that's a you know you got a million dollars in funding per company, but I guess it's more than so maybe it's 128. Instead yeah, of but but, uh, but I guess to your point earlier, it could also be one twenty six or one twenty five point five. Clearly not one hundred thirty. Yeah, 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 and, and, and it is. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, uh, I, I I fall kind of in the last camp, right? I mean, obviously, I'm highly biased being a, at Pivotal and all that, but uh, like it, it is. I should, you know, I used to prepare for these shows a lot. And uh, write lots of lengthy show notes if you go back and look. And like, what I would want to go look at is like how many customer cases and presentations and stuff they had as representative of uh, not only getting referenceable. Well, you can use referenceable customers as a way to kind of gauge how many total customers you have and to kind of get a sense of it. And then also, usually your customers, unless you do those slick videos with lots of B-roll where people are walking around and gesticulating to each other, uh, like you can usually get a sense of what people actually use it for. Because I agree with you. Like, I think ever since, because I think I took some briefings from Mesosphere when I was at, um, at 451. And, uh, yeah, I've always been a little unclear about exactly what they do beyond, you know, everything. <laughs> and, and, and uh, you know, to, uh, to, to point fingers uh, unidirectionally or, or symmetrically, like, I don't know. I mean, I, I, back when I was an analyst at four or five one, I was a little a little muddled about like what Pivotal and and OpenShift and all these other people did exactly right. But it was by going through and hearing people. I mean, obviously, when you're there, you get uh, you get it straight from the horse's mouth, as it were. But but also just like talking with customers and hear listening to them talk and seeing exactly what they do, you get a very real sense of like, boom, here's the thing that we do. Um, yeah. But I must admit. I have not done, let's say, the two to three hours of just futzing around with Mesosphere content to give me the confidence that there's something there or not there. Yeah, I mean, the, the there that I see on the ground is um, you know, their partnership with HPE. I, I've seen that um, closer. You know, uh, disclosure, you know, Chef works with HPE a fair amount. Um, and I know that they move a lot of that. Um, and... The customers that they're engaged with are usually uh, they're interested in the big data angle, which mm. isn't something that you usually associate. You know, you don't start there when you say Kubernetes. You don't yeah, think yeah, yeah. you know Spark and you know uh, HBase. You know, it's it's usually like, oh, we do container management and you know application workloads and like, yeah. well, what. What, what sort of stuff are those workloads against? Oh, right. there's this big data thing over here that DCOS has been doing for and, years. And, and I, think, I think that's to the point that, that you know, Brandon was reminding us we always bump up against is like, this is like cluster management, <laughs> right? Like, like that it, it is more at the, the sort of uh, cluster and whatever layer. And that, that does seem to feel, man, this is perhaps one of the most, I have no idea what I'm talking about, talking things that I've done in a while. 
but uh, other than the great therapy sessions I have every now and then, those are always <laughs> the, the apex of me just running my mouth in a strategic way. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it does seem like it's just more like cluster stuff. And then you have your, uh, marathon or as they say in West Texas marathon, uh, on, on top of it to do things. And, and it is like, I mean, it would be interesting. It would be fun. Let me put it that way as a, uh, industry watcher. If, if they came out with some bold branding, which is like, uh, you know, we can handle state. None of those other fuckers can. Right. Like if, if they, they were just like found the the one really important thing that no one else really does very well that you might call it competitive advantage or mm. differentiation. <laughs> and they sort of spoke to what that differentiation was, because for at the beginning, they coasted off uh, Twitter and uh, Mark Andreessen. And then it was just like, pow. Right. Like we're we're one of these cloud things. With, we got this pedigree. But uh Again, maybe I need to spend a few hours to get informed, but it seems like it's not you can't um you can't sort of throw a rock and and easily hit like what exactly is mesosphere like you can with right, other things. Right. Well, and that's all uh, I got yeah. is rocks. Well, <laughs> yes. And and you know, they 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 do have, you know, uh, a good long history at least. Um they've got that going for them. And uh you know, but but you did mention Twitter. Um you know, Twitter is is obviously uh, in the news as well. Um, they they announced that they've signed a deal with Google. Um, they're going to be moving. Uh, it looks like 300 petabytes of data wow. and some of their Hadoop onto uh, the the GCP. And so, you know, a Register article had some you know back back of the envelope kind of numbers on that, but it looks like about 10 million a month. Mm. Um, Estimated cost. I'm sure. I'm sure they get some good uh, enterprise uh, pricing on that, as long as they're a reference customer. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, right. And, uh, and, and just think, like the uh, you probably got your sales rep uh, in the same city, so like the expenses for covering that account have to be pretty low. And like, really, <laughs> do Google people want an expensive meal? They probably just want like a four x an RX bar or some bullshit. So like, probably the overhead on covering that account <laughs> is like really low, right? Like. Every yeah. now and then you just buy them a really nice t-shirt and, and you're set. <laughs> it's amazing what people do for t-shirts. Um, yeah, 10 million a month. But, uh, you know, but that, that means that somewhere um, there's probably a, a Mesosphere uh, DCOS mm. you know, cluster that, that is slowly um, going to start losing nodes. Um, oh. Or, you know, the, the, the hybrid story, maybe that's true. You know, maybe uh, they start moving some of that data over there. Um, but, you know, it's I think this is the sort of stuff that we're going to continue to see, obviously. Um, you know, more things <laughs> move into the cloud. This just in. <laughs> uh, well, you, you know, it, it, it just is a very, very deep cut looking at that article. Have, have, I'm, sure, I'm sure you two keep track of this. Like, have you noticed that the, 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 the person who wrote this, uh, this article, Simon Sharwood, I don't know if that's the way he says his name, but he's like the APAC editor or Oceana as a, the style says, book yeah. of software defined talk would dictate. And like, I feel like he's always writing about non Oceana stories. So I don't know. <laughs> I wonder what makes him the APAC editor. Uh, uh, he probably lives over here. Yeah, maybe, maybe when I'm out at one of the registers conferences next week, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll find out what, what the APAC uh, theater is like. Hopefully it's not like that. Uh, you ever see that, that movie or read that book, The Quiet American? That's, that's, uh, that's a fun book and uh, movie. It's, is that the one? Does it have Gregory Kane? Is that how you say his name? The, uh, I haven't seen that. Yeah, and Matt Damon. It, it, you know, as you would expect, it turns out um, shamefully for America at the end. But <laughs> I, love, I love the character of the uh, uh, fresh off post uh, – British Empire imperialism reporter, man, that like I think that is like the sweet spot right there that uh, that people should strive for. Just just chilling without an undershirt in a hot climate, having some drinks, covering some local news, hanging out. Mm. It's man, that mm, mm. maybe we should wrap up You're early ready. so I can work on that. <laughs> ready for Singapore? <laughs> uh, yeah, but it, it it is like the. Uh, uh, I, I remember seeing some headlines that were like, oh, does this mean Google's going to buy Twitter or something? But really, they're just running run, running on there. Did, did they cover like where they were running before? Did they have like their own uh, their own data yeah. or something? 
yes. I mean, they, they've got some of their own data centers, but, uh, you know, they also mentioned that, um, you know, Twitter has run some of its Mesos and uh, uh, Aurora stuff on AWS. So I, my reading of this was, you know, data is moving into the cloud from a data center uh, mm. that Twitter must have. That but, gravity. Yeah. Yeah, that, that data gravity. Um, Maybe they and, can solve know, the problem of uploading my Flickr photos to Google Photos. <laughs> I, I think the I think only I way have my, 500 my, petabytes or something. Yeah, I, I think the only way my my Flickr photos are going to get into Google Cloud is if Google acquires Flickr. <laughs> I like the way you think, Matt Ray. <laughs> that is the least uh, yeah. amount of work on my part. Perhaps the yes. most amount of work, you know, for all of humanity to make that happen. If you if you remember, you know, we get some eye bankers in the hot tub and whatnot. But uh, for me, that would be zero work. I would just have yeah. to archive some emails that I got. Someone, someone make that happen. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, that, that's probably not going to happen. Um, now, now mm. let's say, let's say that you had 300 petabytes of, of data and, and you also hear an application that generated that much. You're running across all these types of uh, infrastructure and clouds applications. What, yep. what might you use to keep track of that and monitor it and see if it was running well? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, that, that's a good question. You know, this episode is brought to you by Datadog. Uh, they are a monitoring platform for cloud-scale infrastructure, much like you've just described, and the applications. Uh, it's built by engineers, for engineers. Datadog provides visibility into more than 200 technologies, including AWS, GCP, Chef, and Docker, with built-in metric dashboards and automated alerts. Uh, with end-to-end -end request tracing, Datadog provides visibility into your application and their underlying infrastructure all in one place. And you can sign up for a free trial at www.datadog.com SDP. And Matt, this week, our friends at Datadog want you to know about their upcoming conference, DashCon. It's going to be in New York City on July 11th through the 12th. They will have lots of keynotes and workshops on how building and scaling the next generation of applications, infrastructure, and technical teams. And you can register attend at www.dashcon.io. And as always, please tell them your friends at Software Defined Talk sent you. Mm, that would be fun to go to. I, I, was, I was cleaning some things out and found a bunch of my, uh, my old Datadog stickers, the old die cut ones. Die cut. Those are classy. Just yep. got a dog holding a chart. No nonsense. <laughs> no nonsense. A dog knows what it's doing. But you know, spe speaking of conferences, yeah, there were uh, there were three this week. There were. But, uh, all had news. You got the the Google I/O. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got the uh, the Microsoft Build, and you've got um, Red Hat Summit. So everybody had some announcements to make. Um, lots of uh, AI and. Uh, Fun stuff, but uh, what, what what was interesting to you, Kote? Well, now now also there was Dell Technologies World. I think I think that was last week. And, and we did cover it. So so there's all, all sorts of exciting stuff out of there. But oh. we talked about that over. I haven't published it yet, but at the uh, the Pivotal Conversations podcast uh, I did this week and have yet to publish. But so people there you can go. check that out. Lots of fun news in there. Uh, you know, I think I think uh, the thing I was most interested in one. I mean, there's some uh, sentiment analysis of uh, of build. I think there was clearly. I don't know if they still have the uh, as we used to call them the wag eds or the wagstrom edelsteam or I don't even know how to say it other than wag ed. But man, they did some wonderful PR around this conference. I saw that the mm -hmm. Verge, the Verge had an exclusive on a story about the new Microsoft. Um, and to be a bit of a dick, I'm not sure how it's an exclusive if you're just writing about the company, but that's fine, right? Like maybe there was an exclusive interview and executives didn't talk to other people. That's great. Uh, but there, there does seem to be, uh, you know, it's yet another year where people are, uh, I, I think maybe uh, we're at the, we're, we're going down, we, we reached peak, uh, how do you say, gobsmackedness about, about <laughs> Microsoft being new. And uh, yeah. I think now the headline, not the headlines, but, you know, the first few paragraphs of the story are sort of like, well, of course they're new. And it's still kind of shocking. Kind of. Anyways, that would be a bad analogy. But, uh, you know, they had their they had their IOT Linux thing. And uh, there was some some cover I think there was a roundup by Jeffrey Hammond, one of my my old uh, friends from the analyst world over at Forrester. And pretty much everyone's like, man, 
this stuff's looking pretty awesome. And they got partnerships yep. with everyone, run on their cloud, and it is, uh, I mean, overall, I don't really know what's up in Xbox land or, like, if they're going to introduce some new ribbon in Office or any of that kind of stuff. But uh, infrastructure-wise, everyone, uh, I don't know. They seem to have uh, gotten past the stage of fucking it up, right? And uh, that, that, used, that was a strategy I always used to be interested in is the just don't fuck it up strategy. And uh, I, think, I think they're now on the other side of that, and uh, they seem fine. Seems What could go wrong at this point? <laughs> Famous last words. Um, so I think you hit on it, though. It's really interesting because I, I agree. I think the narrative is very much like that, right? And it even kind of says, you know, it's like, an, like this quote, I think, from one of the articles was like, an increasingly confident organization, accelerating adoption. And, you know, when I went through some of the announcements, like, by, by no means, they were all fine. But they seemed very very much like the standard stuff, right? A bunch of AI services and much of, you know, just kind of all the things that everyone's doing. So, you know, I, I do wonder like what has driven, like where was everyone just kind of tired of the Microsoft is dead narrative? Like had that been worn out and it's like time to flip it or, and I, I do think they obviously have traction is, is just that traction is giving people like a new way to tell the same story because I don't know, mm. just from a technology just from my, and I just put up the announcements and I just look at them. I'm just like, there's not like something that jumps out at me as being like, you know, that really demands like, oh, it's back, you know? So um, I don't know. Did I miss it? Like, yeah, or is it just some, you know, I, I, what I, happened? That, that's, that's a good topic to respond to because it's all about sentiment analysis, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which means I don't need to actually know anything. So uh, <laughs> it, it's, and, and it is, uh, I don't know. I mean, log- logically, I don't have the market share numbers in front of me, but it would be interesting to look at uh, like Office 365 revenue versus on-premise office revenue, right? And just to see how that mix is changing or not declining or whatever. And then also you have the, uh, you know, it's a top three cloud provider and cloud is everything and so forth and so on, right? So that, that's sort of like a feather in their hat. And then, uh, and then they also have a new CEO, so it's sort of like, ah, clear out the underbrush and like see what's going on there. So that kind of added to the narrative, and like, I, I mean, this also. But then the fourth thing is it gets to the, um, I don't know, whatever you know, your book of biases and halo effects thing about Microsoft is like, well, every year they still made a shit ton of money forever. Yeah. <laughs> so right. Uh huh. <laughs> right so like well, like yeah. they they were it was always like this theoretic well i think it was two things that that we talk about a lot in this context is one um at some point they stopped doubling or tripling revenue and numbers every year or or whatever number they they their 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 company was thought of and valued at in the early 90s or late 90s right and so they reached that cut up cut off that um I don't know. I think we could say we are always interested in of like now you're a regular company. And so Wall Street probably fucked up and evaluated you at 30 times earnings. But now you're actually only, quote unquote, worth what, you know, 10 times earnings. This does not mean you're a failure. Right. But everyone thinks so. So there was that maturity that they had to go through. And then admittedly, there was sort of like uh, in retrospect, whatever, you know, what what do we call the reverse of the halo effect? The. uh, the horns effect there were like a bunch of like losses i was gonna say dumb decisions but they all sort of made sense at the time right like if you're if it's like 2007 and someone's like what if you could own the new computer or would you like to partner with someone else you would be like how about fuck that second option let's go for it right and so you want to try to like you you're adobe you're you're uh, microsoft you're uh, Google, you want to dominate, you know, you want to win against Apple, but apparently you don't. So, so there are some things that in retrospect were silly. <laughs> and then like, you know, there's, there's, there's all this stuff, but nowadays it's sort of like, uh, they already make a shit ton of money. Everyone uses office. Probably if you looked at the numbers for office 365 penetration, I think it's actually like leads Google apps, Google app by revenue. If, if I remember, I could be totally wrong. Probably. And then there's yeah. the narrative of like, um, they, they're doing well in cloud. And then finally, they're like, whatever the fuck Cortana is. They're just like, ah, oh, we, we got some speaking. I bet they even have like some blockchain shit. And like whatever, yeah. whatever your Mary Meeker tech trends are for next year, Microsoft's got some, uh, some dude wearing like a Hawaiian shirt to talk about it. 
Yeah. Well, I think you hit on, I mean, maybe, maybe it is you know, said just slightly different way. It's that they've been through the path of like resetting expectations and I, they, it seems like they successfully did that, right? Sort of financially, people understand what it's doing. It is profitable. And now they're being judged by a new set of expectations and they can kind of put the Nokia and the phone looks to be in the past. So, so it is, I mean, like half of life is just expe- managing expectations and yeah. maybe there's a good place for that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they've, they've got the, uh, and and then there's the fun narrative of you know you can go back and forth between Amazon is an unstoppable behemoth and Microsoft is this reformed Goliath so now they're the you know the scrappy upstart taking on Amazon and if you look at them I mean they both have just a tremendous breadth of announcements every feels like every month <laughs> um, you know and so uh, it's a it's a fun narrative it's hard to keep track of and follow along but. Uh, uh, yeah, you know, a lot, I, of, I, lot of good I, announcements. I, I feel, I feel like you know, just inside my head, what's rattling around is, is like, uh, you know, so in terms of junior high tropes, you got, uh, you got Amazon there, and they're like your, your like your old, very fit, like gym teacher in those really short red shorts, and they're always whistling at you and telling you not to be like a girl, things like that. And, uh, and I, I in no way endorse such sentiment. That's sort of the point. But they're they're like very aggressive and domineering. And then and then you've got uh, you've got sort of like your out to lunch uh, European history teacher. And that's sort of like Google. It's sort of fun. They tell you all these factoids. All the nerds hang out with them. It's pretty cool. And then and then you've kind of got like that laid back kind of cool, uh, but very effective like maybe civics teacher who like. Also is the baseball coach, but teaches civics and economics. And, man, they're just really fun to hang out with. They're so nice. They get a lot of stuff done. And that's sort of like Microsoft. Stand and deliver, man. <laughs> that's right. All chairs are satin backwards. <laughs> well, the other thing I thought was interesting, sort of out of Microsoft, but really it was more out of Red Hat, is, is this Red Hat seemed to be everywhere this week. It feels like they've convinced everyone to deploy OpenShift on everything, which – I guess makes sense. I mean, I guess you know, Red Hat sort of not playing in the, the cloud or the public cloud side of it seems to have you know just gone out and signed up everyone to make sure OpenShift runs on their cloud, which you know seems like a smart move. You know, it seems seems like they've spent a lot of time uh, in the biz dev world. You know, a lot of expense accounts this week. Mm. That's right. Well, well uh, it's not called OpenShift. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I mean, obviously, they want to have. You know they want to own the the hybrid story, so you you have the managed service on on Azure, um, but you've also seen a bit of partitioning of of you know teams, if you will, like Amazon and VMware, you know Azure and I guess Red Hat, and Google with Pivotal. Um, you know that at least from the outside that looks like you know how those those you know next gen you know, federations are, are are forming up. Because um, I, I mean, OpenShift is competitive with AKS, you know, with Azure Container Services stuff. Um, so you know, that'll be interesting to see how they they thread that needle. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I, I think things are emerging. I, I think I think we're still in that pattern of of the if you remember the layers of Hagendas from earlier. Uh, if I edited, it, I would take that out. That was stupid. Uh, There's but, some guacamole in there. <laughs> oh, hey. Oh, the seven layer. That's, that's choice right there. Uh, but it, it is like, I think we still have that philosophy of uh, we expect in the infrastructure world that all of our Legos are, I'm sorry, all of our Lego uh, are compatible, right? Like, like, I feel like when I was a kid, you would buy the generic Lego bricks and they wouldn't work with the uh the name brand lego bricks but now they all seem to work together and so we have this expectation that like i'm going to buy my infrastructure here but any platform should be able to run on it and there's not so much as you go up the stack but like all of these different platforms should work on the uh, different infrastructure right like it's not like red hat only works with ibm or pivotal only works with vmware or whatever so right right there is a huge amount which i think is arguably much different than when we were young folks uh, like it was sort of like mono stack and, and the mono stack would include open source stacks, right? Like it would be like, this is a very open stack that has no lock-in so long as you use exactly what you just downloaded and don't swap things in and out of it, which was, which was a delight. 
but very cheap. Uh, <laughs> I, so, I, yeah, I mean, it, it, uh, it's nice that we have that openness between things. Yeah, and, and that, that Lego metaphor works well because, you know, you can build just about anything. Uh, the pieces are interchangeable, but at the end of the day, it's Legos are about 10 cents a piece. So, mm. you know, if you're building a, a 7,000 you know, piece Millennium Falcon, well, it's going to cost you. You know, I, I've, I've noticed. <laughs> but, I noticed but, the. You know, uh, it, it's built with the same Legos everyone else uses. Those those, those market development people over in Daneland, or uh, you know, obviously in Denmark, they uh, they're smart. They have like three sizes of the Millennium Falcon, right? So they're like oh. classic. Whatever money you got, we're gonna take it. Like you want a small one, no problem. They got the small, medium, and enterprise grade Millennium Falcons for you, <laughs> which that is. I think that is, other than you should buy all of your programmers their own office, that's the Spolsky article that I always remember the most from the early 2000s was uh, make sure that you sell to all segments of the market. Uh, there you go. They all have cash. So that's Enterprise a, Millennium Falcon. Mm, love yeah. that. You uh, know, and, and, yeah, and did, also, I mean, just a, just a word of warning for my, my friends at Red Hat. Now that you have a partner with IBM, you can just as long as you don't have to use a USB port to install it, the POCs will go well. Everything's fine because there's no USB <laughs> access at IBM. As that was my joke. Thank you. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm just gonna pause so that people can can, can, can let that laugh. sink in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, uh, yeah. So so uh, Google uh, had their I/O uh, 2018, um, much more consumer focused, which you know isn't traditionally the point of our show, <laughs> mm -hmm. as if we had a point. But um, yeah, they they announced uh, the the new uh, uh, version of Android, but also um, they they demoed some uh, some interesting uh, AI stuff. Um, make sure you watch that video in the show notes if uh, if you're looking for something to. I don't know, be amazed at and creeped out at, at the same time. It's like the, the uncanny valley of AI is here. So a couple of thoughts though on the Google thing is like one, I didn't really see and I didn't watch everything, but like I didn't really see much Google Cloud Platform announcements at all. Almost made me yeah. think, like, is there like did I miss it? Is there like another conference or did they do that separately or is it just wasn't um it just wasn't, you know, part Not of this, this announcement? Yeah, yeah. I th I think um I mean I they they, they've kind of gone through that same thing Microsoft did where they started reusing conference names and changing the focus. Cause I know I've been to a Google next that was focused on like cloud and enterprise. And this one was, you know, this one looked like it was, you know, Android features and, and AI, um, which, mm -hmm. you know, AI and enterprise do over or AI and cloud do overlap, but um, yeah. Yeah. It wasn't much. And then the other thing, cause I think that the, the by far the thing that got the most attention was I think it's the Google duplex demo you're talking about where they have a, uh, you know, I guess whatever, you know, essentially a AI call somebody and, you know, talk to them just like indistinguishable from a human being and like make a, uh, I think it was a uh, hairstyle appointment. And then they did yeah. another one about like reservations and it was, it's pretty phenomenal. Right. I mean, kind of like, you know, it's, it's one of those things you want to watch it and you're like, is this like, is this real? Right. I mean, did they just like, was there an actor behind it? But it's interesting because they showed it and they were very proud of it. And I was very impressed, but I don't know why I was just, you know, my mind always tends to go to like, well, like how will this be used for, for bad? Right. You know, what will people do with this? And I, you know, like there's all this, like all the robocalls everyone's getting, you know, yeah. around and it's, you know, it's pretty easy. I say that today. I don't know if any AIs call me, but you know, like when you get the robocall, like there's like the, you answer, if you, if you do answer, you don't know where it is. And then there's kind of like a delay. And then sometimes you hear like a click almost like it's almost like a tapes being loaded. So it's pretty easy <laughs> to figure it out. And I was just thinking to myself, you know, That's if these were, away, if yeah. these were robocalls, you know, like this, that, um, you know, maybe they're just evangelizing anything good or bad. It, um, it seems like immediately, this is, I don't know, just the potential to use this uh, badly. Because, you know, I think, you know, Matt, I think you pointed it out a few months ago was there's that that tool that lets you like a videos now to be manipulated. Like, so there's like a famous one of like Obama and President Obama, like, you know, inserting words into his mouth that he didn't yeah, say. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's like, it's kind of wonky still. You're like, okay, that could be scary. But like, 
the the stuff that could be done just yeah yeah, i was gonna say the audio only i was like i was actually immediately scared right because like if your bank were to call i mean i always think about like just the various hacking techniques it's just it's like wow this just seems so uh and i think they were anything yeah it was it was kind of like did anybody um i don't know have they really thought it through on some of this stuff because it it seemed yeah it it seemed very like i just can't imagine like trying to discern on the phone like if you're a real person and you're the person or you're the a you're actually an ai but you're an ai that is actually someone i an ai should trust um so a lot of a lot of things to worry about there i i don't think there's a third third law of robotics for robocalls (laughs) (laughs) yeah so yeah i mean i we are in for a bad day i i i I, yeah nothing about that I, i you know i was amazed at the demo and then immediately horrified and uh yeah, I, I know I'm a total luddite. I don't have uh, I don't have any Alexa at home. I turn off the 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 Google Voice stuff. You know, my, you know, my kids they abuse Siri, but nobody really takes it seriously. Um, so yeah, I I don't know, little little creeped out. Yeah. Well, I was surprised just with you know because I guess we don't really talk about it much. It wasn't I don't think a lot relevant for this audience. Like Facebook F8 was what last week, and yeah, you know, obviously they pulled back a lot of. Uh, their announcements just given all the controversy and it was i don't know i felt like google sort of just really glossed over their uh i don't know all the potential problems right and it was just like guys i mean this is a cool demo but i don't know you need to think it through more than this well if it's not them it's you know it's next build it's next uh, reinvent yeah yeah but i guess that's what the missed opportunity is it's not to just say we can do it but like to actually be like yeah and we've thought and maybe they have i just didn't see any of that talk like to the the next follow-up could be guys this was a great demo but we're but we understand that this that it could potentially have a lot of problems so here's some things we've thought about right here's some ways that we're going to protect that but it was just like and on to android p where we and then that (laughs) and that was funny because then that the major announcement there was like hey we can prevent we have these tools that help you prevent that will help prevent you from using your phone too much if you're worried about that, right? Which is sort of like, it was just kind of an interesting like dynamic there. It was like, yeah. okay, they have started to think about, about that or there's, you know, I, I don't know. I, I kind of have mixed feelings about like, do you, I don't know, do you need this stuff? Is it that important? But, you know, if nothing else, it was interesting that they had done some thinking about it and we're going to try to like make it easier for you if you want to. This sounds like something that Ben Thompson could write about for two weeks. Oh, uh, yeah. He, he has been. He's he, he's on a roll, man. Every It seems like the last month or, well, actually the last forever of Ben Thompson is, is writing about, you know, platform and aggregation and, you know, the intersection into consumer and, and, and how AI is going to mess it all up. That, that, um, that dude's the reason that that, like, 53 paper stuff is still in business. It's just always, always <laughs> lots of charts to be made. Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you know, you know, not to be all this guy or whatever, but like, uh, first of all, all those announcements look pretty awesome for me. I mean, I don't use Android, so that all that shit's dead to me. But like, you know, I don't know. It's gonna autocorrect colors in my Google Photos. Sounds great. Love that. Yep. And uh, I get them out of Flickr. I would love to use that assistant to call up uh, Time Warner and uh, get me some new broadband. <gasps> That would be well, right, but you're, you're going to have bots talking to bots, right? I mean, Amazon has already announced nah, the the call the that, call center product. That's fine. Maybe they'll do it. They'll do it. People. They'll do it faster. Like, do you remember that one episode of Max Headroom? Now I know all of you out there, including you two, oh, wow. remember every single episode of Max Headroom <laughs> like I do. But there's one, there's one episode where Reg, the noted blank of the show, who I think maybe was Australian, I ver- maybe I barely remember his accent, so I shouldn't try, but he basically was an unregistered person which in, in 20 minutes into the future is a bad idea. But uh, at some point, he has to go to court, and the way the lawyers work is he, or maybe it was Edison Carter, I forget, but he, he, they go into court and uh, uh, they get, I think they were maybe mini-discs, like you saw in Last Action Hero, <laughs> and uh, they walk up to a computer screen and they insert these two discs into a, a computer, and someone's like, what is that? And it's like, oh, those, the, uh, those are the lawyers. They're currently dis- you know, debating with the, the judge what, what your case is. And so exactly. I, I guess you could get into that kind of situation. Um, yeah. So that would be annoying. But, man, it is nice when you upload a bunch of photos and it auto-rotates them for you. <laughs> so, so I like that. But, but to that point, it would be, you know, and, and the, the tech vendors I used to cover would kind of do this kind of thing every now and then. But, like, it would be nice every now and then, especially if 
people like Facebook and Google were sort of like during our conference, not as some special weird one-off conference that we just, or like an interview we do on like red chairs or some bullshit. Like maybe we should spend a day talking about what the fuck is going on. (laughs) Right. Like, like in the sense of like when we release all of these things, what is our vision for the end state? Right. Like, what is it we're shooting for here? Like, what what are things going to look at? And you know what they should do? They need to invite our friend Matt Iglesias because this is his shtick is to be like, so if I imagine you're in state and I work backwards from there to what you're currently doing, you're a fucking asshole hypocrite. And so he would be a great (laughs) MC to be like, I mean, this is like (laughs) these are the things you have in your power. This is what it says you want to do. And here is a, a dump truck full of bullshit that you bring every day to the conversation. So let's uh, get a big hose, spray it down, and see what's in there. And, like, it would be nice to get an idea amongst all of these uh, so-called tech companies. Kind of like what, I mean, obviously, insane profits that make Microsoft look like a dog company. I know that's their priority. But, like, like what, what are they angling for? Like, what, what's, what's the, the point? Like, even, even, like, living on Mars, like, so what right like that doesn't uh i don't i don't know what that's gonna get you like and and living on mars is a whole other set of things like more with these companies it's like well when you're living on mars and you have two robot lawyers arguing for you like what uh i don't have what is it you want to do with this and and i think i think that might like at this point assuage is assuage or it might calm a lot of people down about like there's actually like uh you know, it's not just like that blind surgeon from Jacob's Ladder who's about to stick a needle in you. It's not just some goofy person, you know, meandering around hoping that things turn out well. Uh, but who, who the think, fuck knows what they're up to? I don't think yeah, they even I, know. No, I, I feel like, you know, we, we've entered an era uh, of meandering around to see what happens when you, you know, turn this on. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it turns out you get, you know, uh, reality star president hey hey i have have stopped myself from uh, making references to that at least oh sorry but that's all right well you know to use the immortal words of one of my cultural heroes hey what's going on on this ad i think i think that's uh you know that's that's what people are doing (laughs) is trying to figure out what's going over there you know i think it would behoove you if you have fond memories of Cletus the Slackjawed Yokel, you should really go watch some of the supercuts because I had misremembered uh, some of his uh, sayings and the context that they were done in. Like, I'd forgotten that the, uh, the uh, I cut my finger on the screen door was when Homer was in anger management. And that, that scene is a lot more funny uh, when you actually watch it than just the phrase on its own, which was hilarious. And, of course, the, uh, you know, hey, Ma, get off the dang roof. See, see, I, I immediately went to uh, the, the beefs and butthead of the future sucks, change it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, some more good canon. Yeah, that's what, that's what I'm going to put on the desert island. Is I heard, I heard there's a psychological thing that there are 37 questions. Uh, I, guess, I don't really know what the Jacob's Ladder reference is. I mean, I know the one I made, but I don't know the physical story. <laughs> you made it. No, 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 but I don't, know, I, don't, I don't know what two layers deep into the reference is, like what a Jacob's Ladder is in the Bible. Right. No doubt it has something to do with going to heaven. I'm just, just, just spitballing here. Uh, but um, I've forgotten what I was talking about. That's wonderful. But I, I, was, I was told that if you want to get um, intimate in, in a not gross way, to get friendly with someone, there is a list of 37 questions that you can ask in order, and it will uh, sort of nail intimacy. And I was told wow. this is not some sort of um, – this is not some sort of what do they call a negging thing. It's an actual, like, genuine, wholesome uh, psychological thing you can do. So – I think I think you know as an example on the desert island. I think I think I would uh, I want some Max Headroom tapes, maybe Beavis and Butthead, and and The Simpsons. That would be pretty good. You could probably survive yeah. on that. First ten years, yeah. Yeah, fresh coconut water. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to last uh, long on a desert island, right? No, so you no. Don't really need, need much. Well, uh, before we get to recommendations, also uh, speaking of conferences, uh, July twelfth and thirteenth of this year. Maybe it'll be the same dates next year. Who knows? There's going to be DevOps Days Minneapolis. Now, I, I haven't been to the one last year, which is uh, in- grammatically phrased, but it's, it's a wonderful conference. They put on a good show there. It's uh, two days of fun devops You could probably get some USB sticks 
uh, unless you work at IBM, <laughs> you should just leave those on the table. But there's all sorts of things uh, that, that you can get there, good, good keynotes that they'll have, good sessions. And the people at DevOps Days are very engaging, not just the people putting it on, but the, uh, the attendees. They're always very curious and interested, and they tend to be, um, I don't know, your, your regular folks just trying to figure things out. So if, uh, if it's July 12th and 13th, you want to go to DevOps Days in Minneapolis, so we, have a, we have a code here. It's uh, in, in the style of Microsoft coverage. It's an exclusive code. Uh, it's SDT 2018, and you can get 20% off the tickets, which for the affordability wow. of DevOps days makes it very cheap. Maybe after you've used your two drink tickets, if they're going to have one of those, you can use your money to buy like five more drinks. Uh, Although I in no way endorse doing that. You should not drink that much. That's a bad thing. a lot of drinking, Kote. Buy, uh, like, like teetotalers do in the Admirals Club, you can get one of those naked smoothies uh, with your international Ooh. vouchers uh, or whatever. So good. So, again, it's July 12th and 13th, DevOps Days Minneapolis. You can just search for that and uh, use the code SDT2018 uh, to get 20% off. Now, uh, we got a bunch of other stuff like T-shirts and a Slack group. And, but if you go to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash 134, you can find all the codes for fun stuff we mentioned. And we'll have a list of conferences there that Matt and I will be at uh, that you can check out well. But what, what do you recommend this week, Matt? Oh, put me on the spot. So, um, yeah, all those Android announcements. Uh, I uh, I got myself a new Android phone. My my uh, illustrious Google Pixel decided that after a year and a half, it was tired of existing and started all the time. So uh, rather than go out and shell out another $800 for uh, an expensive phone, um, I decided I wanted to kind of minimize my phone. And so I got myself the Sony Xperia XZ1 Compact, mm. which, uh, wow. I mean, um, how, did they, how did they hire branding people that were that good? <laughs> they must be really expensive. Wait, wait, wait. You wouldn't guess what the, the new version of it's called. Uh, the XZ2. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> do they do they use do they use um where they do the square brackets out of order like oh, to make gosh. a two? Uh no. Well maybe. I don't know. I got the one. So um and, and and as our Slack channel people might know, a one and an L and an I, those are all very similar. So that it's not A ops people, it's A L ops. But anyway, um the Sony Xperia XC one, uh so it's I, I wanted to get a less than five inch uh, screen, which there's not a lot of that mm -hmm. are decent. Yeah, remember um, when everyone was like phablets are for dads? Man, they're, <laughs> they're eating crow now. You know, am I right? No. <laughs> That's too bad. But uh, yeah, so I, it's it's uh, it's only four point six inches, which is you know kind of a classic, uh, the old iPhone SE size, I guess. Um, it's nice. I like it. Uh, I, I linked to a, a review uh, and, and the recommendations where the, they took some shots at the things they don't like. They're all fixed. Um, the yeah. only it's it's up to date on, you know, almost the latest Android software. Uh, it's not laid laying down with a bunch of, you know, a bunch of uh, bloatware or whatever, or I uninstalled a bunch of stuff. So it's it's pretty much a vanilla Android experience. Um, and uh, and a smaller form factor, you know, good camera, good audio, because it's Sony. Um, I like it, and it was only four hundred bucks instead of eight hundred. So, so there. You know, you know, other than the uh, well, the price isn't so in Apple Land. That let me lay some context. The uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't so much care about the price so much as the ratio of price to fragility and breakability is what's annoying. Yeah, at this point in my life, yeah, right. So. If 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 uh, if Apple devices were cheap, well, one that would be awesome. But I wouldn't care about how easy it is. You know, I wouldn't worry about breaking the screen and stuff. So I think it's that ratio that concerns me about Apple stuff. But the other thing that I spend a daily as news comes out, like that, I, I I'm upset about or I find lacking is like real parental controls in Apple Land, which are like for wow, the company that touts its like Thanks. privacy and lifestyle. Like, you know, that I forget who commented about this, but like in every single uh, photo that Apple uses that they take on their own, not the current ones where they have other people go out and take photos. But like there's clearly I think it was John Syracuse who was like 
there's clearly like this this parallel dimension where all Apple stock photos are taken. That's sort of like mid Californian coastal life or something, right? And, <laughs> and and you would think for all the kids that are happy and everything in those pictures, they would be like, we should have some strong parental controls. But no, there's like fucking no. nothing in in there. There's Com- nothing. Yeah, compared yeah. to like I think. Amazon. I haven't looked up on Google recently, but Amazon last I checked like had the best. I think yeah, they like yeah. and, and I think maybe Google has pretty good stuff now, but it's just like it is I shocking don't have any, at how yeah. little uh, Apple has parental control wise in there. Yeah, my, my my parental controls are you put the iPads on the top shelf of your closet. Mm. <laughs> I, Matt, Matt Ray, Matt Ray, I'm not strong enough. I need your strength. I've got to borrow your strength. I can't do it. Anyhow, but yeah, I mean, I guess have fun in Android land. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the the other nice thing about the phone is uh, it it'll take a a, a micro uh, SD card. So my phone's got like 400 gigs of storage. I don't want to hear that. I'm going to edit that. <laughs> <laughs> Although I have to say, as long as you uh, here's don't don't tell anyone, but I I don't know if she's going to like this, but I bought Kim an, an iPhone X for Mother's Day. Because this is this is the issue you have is like you 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 wait too long and you know you're older you don't know what to buy people and you're like how about I just blow twelve hundred dollars, <laughs> you know a twelve hundred dollars spatula shows you that you love someone for sure, and uh, like uh, you know you buy these phones with two hundred fifty however many gigs in it and I have found that that is sufficient but still um, it'd be nicer to buy a ninety dollar micro card however much they cost. yeah I, exactly. I I could I could get into that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's pretty nice. Yeah. Do you think she's gonna like the? Uh, you think she's gonna like the iPhone X? She always talks about how my phone's too big. But what? How, let's. How do you? How do you predict this is gonna play out, fellas? Well, what does she have now? She has. She has like uh, last of the V8s. She has a uh, iPhone SE, whatever the last, the last SE thing that they made. Yeah, that's my wife has. Uh, well, sure. I think. You could be falling into this trap, which I have fallen into many times. We're like, you're buying an incredible gift that you would like someone to give you. Mm. But potentially, <laughs> yeah. it's not it's not the kind of thing that your wife will be excited about. She'll, I mean, she'll be like, oh, that's great. I didn't need a new phone, right? It's like, because uh, I, I almost, I was, I was, as I was thinking through my Mother's Day gift, I was almost got my wife the uh, AirPods, which, you know, are like Ooh. my favorite thing yeah. ever. And then I, and then I pulled back. I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I just I just did it. I was like, that's what I would want. She's, you know, yeah. I don't know. We're gonna get her something else a little bit. So but it is very that is a very generous thing. Now given how much money you've spent now, I am rethinking my uh how little I spent. Oh but, you know it's not the it's not it's not it's not the uh, it's not the amount of well, money though. I, I, right? I, I mean first of all, clearly I am better than you, Brandon. So <laughs> you don't you don't need Done. to compete there. Check. Check. But, but second of all, I, I would like to note for the record this is this is an exponentially abnormal amount of, of, of money to be spent. Uh, but you know we had to get her uh, her screen replaced and it's like kind of stopped working. Like she'll she'll bring it up to me and just like madly be swiping and tapping on her phone and be like, what? It doesn't work. And then also, if you ever get your screen replaced, make sure you bring some polarized sunglasses to see if it still works because it does not. So if you're wearing oh. polarized sunglasses, the phone might as well be off, uh, which is oh, interesting. Did not know that. And also, not that I planned for this part, I just found this out in the process. She only has like, uh, like she's almost at the end of her installment plan. So like, basically, she is at the end of the life of her phone. But I don't know. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. All what right. happens. Well, I hope it works out. I will look forward to the update next week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, huh. Oh. Huh, this is funny. I just got a text message that it's been a month since I tried to reset my MSN account, and they're going to let me reset it now. Speaking <laughs> of Microsoft, uh, well, how about yourself, Brandon? What do you What do you recommend this week? Yeah, well, before we get to that, I wanted to. I got a couple good pieces of listener feedback. So, uh, Craig from Auckland, New Zealand, uh, he got a sticker, and he followed up from last week about our whole conversation around securing containers and things like that. So he recommends running containers on uh, bare metal securely via zones, which is you, uh, which is part of now smart OS, which I feel sad. I was at uh, sun when they, I think they announced and I totally forgot about it. So it's now, uh, he tells me it's, it's open source. You know, it's the love child of slayers maintained by a uh, joint. And uh, as he told me, Unix isn't dead yet, fellas. So thanks for <laughs> requesting a sticker. And I thought that was a pretty, 
smart way. To, it made me actually go read up about some of the cool things they did in zones around security. So I was like, oh, yeah, that is pretty cool. So check that out. And then uh, I don't know how to say it. I think it's uh, Michael from Birmingham, yeah, from Birmingham, Alabama. So he <laughs> he uh, requested a sticker, and uh, I was slacking with him. I was like, said, hey, are you a football fan? Turns out he's not a football fan, but he told me the correct response to essentially all questions uh, and or statements is roll tide. So I, I would just say, I will just say uh, roll tide. So with that, so as always, if you want a sticker or you want to just uh, email with me about random things, uh, you can you can uh, hit us up at stickers at softwaredefinedtalk.com. Send me your name and address. I'll send you a sticker and, you know, and give us all kinds of feedback. And then this week, just a couple kind of grab bag recommendations. Uh, I think this song is like 10 years old, but I, I just like it. It's the Postal Service Against All Odds. It's a cover of what uh is that a uh, phil collins phil i don't collins. know i just heard it like the other day and i was like it's a great song it's, oh it's released like 10 years ago postal service is basically <laughs> broken off so i don't know if you want one cool song to listen to like you know it's uh if you're our, if you're a gen x it'll like you know pull you back a little bit but it gives you something new so check that out and then on the movie front i can't get into the avengers stuff so i haven't seen any of that stuff but i saw a, a quiet place a few weeks ago it's a kind of like kind of like a thriller horror kind of movie, but uh, as it says, it is a movie that has very little dialogue and is very quiet, but excellent. It's really well done. So uh, watch it in a place. Now, of course, this is one that you probably want to watch in a theater or watch somewhere where your family is not making a lot of noise because actually being quiet is part of the movie. So those are some. Yeah, <laughs> or on a plane with your noise canceling headphones, maybe. So try oh, that. So, so that so, movie's uh, good, huh? I saw the, I'm, it is. I'm, I'm finally ke- listening to you, Brandon. Uh, but yeah, I, no I, problem. I, I, I'm looking at that now, and I remember seeing that preview and thinking, like, "Ooh, this could go really bad." But that's that's good, huh? It's well done. I think I got a good, uh, you know, like 85, 90 percent on Rotten yeah. Tomatoes. It's so got I was Jack a little Ryan in it too, right? Uh, d- d- that guy from I The Office. Know. That was that yes. Maybe, it's too soon yes. for that joke. Yeah, <laughs> that guy is in it, but not Jack. Yes, yeah. it's good though. I think, I think if you're he's the director. Yeah, he's what? a writer and writer and director. I think partially huh. uh, both. So he did a good job. I don't know it's sort of like you know because it is like oh that's the guy that's Jim from The Office, but like I don't know does well. It actually was very easy to watch. He's got a good looking beard in these pictures. <laughs> Doing the Lord's work right there. <laughs> mm, I like it. Uh. Well, uh, this week, uh, you know, I first first. Uh, I would. I mean, obviously, I was joking that I'm, that I'm better than Brandon. That was just a joke because <laughs> I would like to once again thank you, Brandon, for for working for several years on me to check out books on tape. So long, I think that now they are not actually on tape. I was about to say, yeah. <laughs> but man, I think I finally figured out why they're awesome. It's just because you can just like listen to them all the time, um, whenever you might want to. Uh, and well, I mean. It's, it's not good to do when you're mid-conversation with people that you would like to continue having a relationship with. That's, that's kind of a faux pas. Uh, but so anyways, the one I, I've been listening to this week, and I just finished it. It took me like three days, I think, is this, uh, this new book by one of the reporters who covered the, uh, the Hillary Clinton campaign called uh, Chasing Hillary. And she, also, she covered like 10 years of it. And it's like, you know, it's, uh, it has some political commentary and coverage, but I think it's in the style, as she references early on of the uh, uh, if people who read the same exciting things that I do of that uh, boys on the bus book written about the uh, what was it the 72 election campaign that was the one that I think Hunter Thompson was on and it's sort of like more about the uh, there's no bus really but it's more about all the the press pool and the way they cover things and what that kind of work is like which uh, as people can imagine I find just that that work commentary interesting and of course there's some little like behind-the-scenes stories that, because you know how the story ends up, are sort of, um, what's the idiom? They're sort of, not eye-rollers, but they're uh, indigestion-inducing. So it's, it's, a, it's a, little, a little tragic to see the, uh, I don't know, the, uh, the horn effect playing out, that kind of arrogance playing out uh, as, as it goes on. But it's a good book. It's fun to listen to. And, and as always, I think, I think now it's always best to listen to an audio version read, read by the author because they kind of know the voice of things and you can hear her do her, uh, her fantastic impersonations of pretty much everyone, <laughs> which, which wow. she does. I don't, I wouldn't say any of them are accurate, but they're great. 
like the way the way she impersonates people and like the pauses and their cadence of talking her her bill clinton impersonation is particularly fantastic and um and and her donald trump impersonation is only good because it's so shitty and you can kind of tell she's like <laughs> fuck this like i'm not going to impersonate this asshole but uh yeah it's a good book you should check it out well as always when you're done listening to this and you want to end a relationship with someone who would like to talk to you and uh you know listen to something else you can find the back catalog of episodes at softwaredefinedtalk.com this being episode 134 if you go to softwaredefinedtalk.com/134 you can find the show notes and links to things that we mentioned and stuff that we didn't mention. And uh, you should go over there to softwaredefinedtalk.com slash slack and join us in the channel. All sorts of little chatter going on there. We had a fantastic discussion over the past 48 hours about, as Matt Ray would call it, all ops or AI ops. That was uh, fun. Other things going on there. And uh, I would remind you, you should, uh, you should check out the other podcast uh, that I do called uh, Cashed Out by going to cashedout.coffee.com. Wait, no, I always get that wrong. I need to go register that. You think the, the people own coffee.com would just like spot me a, a subdomain? I should look that up. <laughs> but if you go to cashedout.coffee, you can uh, check that out and subscribe to it. And with that, we'll see everyone next time. Bye-bye. Bye.